So Steve, not only is it hold on, let me <laughs> take that again. <laughs> you think it'd be better at this? <laughs> no, we never. We've done these little intro segments that we were like, oh, we have to record so people like understand what's happening. But we never actually plan it and do it right. So if anything, it just adds more confusion. Okay, not only is it our off week. But it's also Valentine's Day. Steve, ask me why I brought you here. Oh, why'd you bring me here? Shut up, Steve. I've got big news. Okay. Uh, We have big news. We are now officially part of a podcasting network. Steve, ask me what a podcasting network is. What's a podcasting network? Shut up. I'm getting around to it. So no one really knows what a podcasting network is. (laughs) No, a podcasting network, it is just a network of podcasts that gather together under the umbrella of a large organization to help better make their shows and support each other in making those shows and we are proud now proud members of the headstuff podcasting network which is a homegrown irish podcasting network born out of the headstuff blog yes any have you any feelings on the matter or or? (laughs) i am very happy and pleased that we have been taken into the fold of headstuff they've been putting out some pretty amazing stuff for the past couple of years that sounds like you're reading an email from alan (laughs) verbatim (laughs) i am happy i am certainly happy to read press releases and endorse this product and or service (laughs) so steve ask me like what's going to change ask me what's going to change about our podcast um, what's going to Shut change? Shut up, Steve. Nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to change. This, this doesn't mean any sort of major disruption to how we've been making our show. It's not going to change the content of the show. All that's going to happen is the show's going to get a little bit better, I would say, because we're going to be more better integrated with other people who make great podcasts. Yes, we have access to loads of smart advice givers, um, better studio settings for hopefully better audio quality when we get to record in Dublin, mm-hmm. and all the other good stuff that comes with joining a a wonderfully experienced product and or service and um, one thing will change though we're going to have put hpn down in uh, the bottom corner of our logos yeah i got i gotta get on that and also we're gonna have a, a lovely little audio sting at the very end of all of our podcasts courtesy of the wonderful rick o'shea Irish oh is that rick o'shea oh, that's rick brilliant. o'shea rick o'shea an actual real name <laughs> yeah well no actually it's not <laughs> well that's what he's that's shut up you know what i mean <laughs> Well, yeah, no, somewhat. I've heard both. I've heard people. I've heard both. I've heard people vehemently say that's a hard word to say that um, he is definitely called Ricochet by birth. And other people say, no, he just made that up as a DJ. Well, anyway, you're going to hear him at the end of this episode. Yeah, exactly. Um, But to commemorate this special occasion, seeing as it's happening officially on one of our off weeks, we didn't want to just leave complete radio silence. We wanted to put up a little bonus episode, a little something special. And seeing as it's Valentine's Day, we thought we'd indulge ourselves in what am love a topic we've been joking about doing for a long time now. yeah but i mean we may as well get serious because the headstuff network are showing us the love so it's time for us to ask someone how do we show you the love gross really <laughs> i'm not sure if you meant that to sound really gross in your head but that sounded pretty gross in my ears that sounded really gross so what, what who, who are we talking to what's uh, happening in this episode Erin McGathy um, veteran podcaster comedian actress artist um, she's been based in Dublin now for just a year or two yeah she's one of those fancy LA types originally oh yeah she's got the American accent and everything to go with it mm-hmm. and celebrity stories so you know it's legit just, uh, we, we, just to warn you you will find out what kind of snack Mark, Mark Wahlberg asks for when he's hungry it's quiche <laughs> <laughs> spoilers damn it yeah we get Mark Wahlberg stories which is crazy I'm stories and 
Lots of name dropping in this episode. <laughs> he just ruins the impact of the name drops that are supposed to happen. Okay, in the okay, you know, tell you what, I'm gonna I, no, I'm gonna beep those out. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, that's it. Though we just wanted to put up an episode in our off week because it felt like the right thing to do, and this is something we've wanted to do for a while. And Erin was gracious enough to give us her her wonderful time and humor. Very funny, and um, we drink a lot in this episode, so <laughs> things get you, rambling. You guys, you guys drink a lot in this episode. Oh yeah, we were knocking them back. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was in London while you two guys were getting drunk in Dublin and I could not keep pace at all with you guys. <laughs> I, I, when I was listening back, I heard myself crack open cans more often than I thought that I actually had the cans to crack you know, open. You know what? I edited out half of the cans that you cracked. There was so often I had to go through and just mute little sounds. Was, there was so much. Anyway, anyway, we're getting off topic again. Uh, please enjoy this episode. Thank you, Headstuff, for having us and we will be back again next week. You have a lovely home. <laughs> it's very nice of him to say. He's, li- he's a filthy liar. Uh, well, most of the time. Good. I'll so, tell you about all the terrible things afterwards, Richie. Don't worry. Please. <laughs> Although when I was knocking on the door, the guy next door opened and this wonderful brown dog came out and he was so friendly. <gasps> oh, <laughs> what, ki- what kind of dog? I don't know. He just looked like a generic big mongrel, but he was really friendly. Just, just if you were to Google image dog, it'd be a picture of that dog. Can you, you know, what's the name of the baldy guy from EastEnders? Uh, Ross Kemp. Yes, it looks like. How Ross- do I know that? I've never watched an episode of EastEnders. How do I have that knowledge in my head? <laughs> um, I don't know, <laughs> but anyway, it looks because you're London. You have to learn these things when you move to London. I think that's. I think I just channeled a nearby builder who was walking past my window. You need. <laughs> was Ross Kemp in it? <laughs> isn't it? They can't even it say is, that right. <laughs> is isn't it? <laughs> of course, Richie. You have to go for the upper class West London vibes. You can't just slum it with the East folks. No, I'm South. I'm impartial. Oh, really? That's like the neutral zone. No, nah, I've no idea. I don't know that much about London. Haven't been here that long. Haven't talked to many people. Just kind of stick in my room and podcast. <laughs> what part of London do you live in? Brixton. Okay, I don't know why I asked. I have no idea where anything is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say it's the South because you said that two minutes ago. Uh, it is, but I'm not a very trustworthy source. It could be north. It could be a different city to London. I don't know. I was in your house, but I was brought there by Jer in like a series of different tubes. And it's like, it's almost as if, you know, when you put the blindfold over somebody and you're like trying to trick where they are. <laughs> That's what it was like. I, don't, I have no idea where it was. Steve was in my house when I wasn't here, which still freaks me out. I was in Africa and it turns out you were in my house while I was in Africa. <laughs> and I had no idea until you were there. I do that with all my good friends. That's the best way to learn about them. Were you in my room? Did you do that into my room? I wanted to, but then I forgot. Oh, okay. I was going to try and mock up some way to make it look like I was putting my bum on your on your pillow, <laughs> but I forgot. Otherwise, I would have tried. That explains the pink eye I've had for a long time. <laughs> for a long time. Are you time. recording, by the yes, way? Yes, I am. Okay, cool. So we have all this goodness. Should we explain why there's a third more feminine voice in the room? Uh, sure. Um, we are joined uh, this week by Erin McGathy. Um, podcaster, Hello, Erin. Hello. <laughs> podcaster, actress, comedian, and artist. Sure. Have I got all the job titles in? Probably a few more. I think she was you like... You asked, you, you put an inflection on artist like it was a question like, you're my dad. Artist? <laughs> anyway, I legit said podcaster because that's what I do as well. So I didn't want to downgrade that one. But yeah. Are these all your paintings behind me? Uh, no, I, I'm too... I, my ego is such that I wouldn't hang a bunch of my own paintings in my own living room. Um, that painting's 
mind that dinosaur that's in the oh. corner is that potty that is potty oh, riding so a dinosaur cool. yeah hey can you do me a favor and describe these paintings in vivid detail because for our <laughs> listeners i'm not in the room i'm i'm in london and these guys are hanging out together and i can't see anything the painting okay the paintings behind us are all like really nice general paintings <laughs> I'm not a good person at art. Maybe the art person who's looking at them should describe them. Well, they're they're general. They're general paintings. They're uh, they're (laughs) like (laughs) I collect. I guess they're all kind of um, like folk art paintings. So they're all amateur paintings. Um, But there's a painting of a of a of a cat with really big eyes. That's kind of creepy. And there's um, there there are two dancers. There's a lady looking at looking at a flower. There's a butt. There is a butt. Nice. Hey, let's describe let's describe the butt painting for a while. (laughs) It's a butt. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) It's a watercolor uh, butt painting with (laughs) the Monet style butt paintings. Yeah, I bought that in France. Ever heard of it? Uh, It's come up every now and again. I believe in the podcast. Do you want me to describe my surroundings? Just so you know, we 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 both have a bit of give and take here. Well, we've talked about your room as well. You have a shit smeared pillow. (laughs) Yeah, a shit smeared pillow. But in addition to the shit smeared pillow, I have. Uh, you hear that? that a water bottle? That's a hot water bottle because I've hurt my back. Oh! So if you hear that sloshing or some d- discreet whimpering, you'll know why. <laughs> and let's just try move past it and ignore it, and I'll cut <laughs> it out in the edit. Which one of the middle class millennial hip hip uh, yuppie things did you do when you hurt your back? Was it the yoga or was it buying a mochaccino latte? <laughs> Um, it, it was mocha yoga. Mocha yoga. <laughs> it's a new type of yoga <laughs> where you try and balance some mocha chinos on the butt of the person in front of you. Oh. <laughs> Who's doing a downward dog. What happens if it spills? Uh, you're out. Oh, you're out. <laughs> yeah. Elimination mo- mocha yoga. Yeah. There is a oh, coffee it. yoga place in Dublin in uh, Portobello. Oh my God, of course there is. Yeah. Really? <laughs> is it good? I was joking, but <laughs> holy shit. Know, it exists. I've never been, but... Uh, it seems like they had a disagreement about what it was going to be. And they're like, fine, it's both. <laughs> it's like two brothers. One, I've always wanted to set up a coffee shop. Well, I want to do yoga. Yeah, calm down. No, wake up. <laughs> um, so we should probably explain why Aaron is on what on politics. <laughs> do we have to? <laughs> Know, you say just... that like it's really upsetting. Like, like, like the <laughs> listeners are your children, and they're going to be like, well, "Who is this?" Like, like I'm the the girlfriend of the dad. <laughs> like, wait, you're not going to get back together with mom, are you? Do you normally have like a third host? <laughs> it's like a nice yeah, lady been, who they've been. Yeah, it's just like it's the person that comes in and talks sense as we talk madness. I don't know if that's going to work since we've already had you referring to shit smeared pillows. So I think you're definitely more of our vibes than the sensible person vibes, which is good. <laughs> <laughs> so Erin um, has been hosting for quite a long time her podcast, uh, This Feels Terrible. Um, what's the best way to describe it? Relationship advice? Or? Uh, inconsistent, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, creative airing schedule. <laughs> it's all these Abstract things. Abstract commitment. <laughs> uh, disappointing to regular <laughs> listeners. Um, um, it's a love podcast where I talk about... Um, love <laughs> it started as i started as a, i just laughed at my own uh not saying something funny um, oh you're gonna fit right in <laughs> yay uh it was born out of a live storytelling show where i had comedians come on and talk about um quote-unquote terrible dating or love stories and then that turned into a podcast uh when i started it i was when i started the show i was single and so the show the conceit of the show was that I was brokenhearted and I was trying to feel less terrible. And then when I started the podcast, I was starting a new relationship. And so the podcast kind of covers me 
in this new relationship and falling in love and then getting married. And I aired my marriage on, on the podcast. Like oh. we had a recording of the ceremony. Oh, that and, is audience interaction. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I got a divorce and, uh, and then talked about that on the podcast as well. well it's the full story. Yeah, the, the, yeah. the divorce wasn't broadcast live, was it? It was not. That'd be significantly messier. <laughs> yeah. Though it is a shame there aren't divorce ceremonies. I think that would have made things... A lot easier. And that sounds like the premise of a joke and it's not. I wish there was like some kind of... There is. I have an anecdote to follow up on that. I did a road trip in the States um, two years ago with a buddy of mine and we were in a city outside the China Lake Naval Base, which is the largest uh, military base in the world. Where um, where is that? East of California, just onto Nevada. It kind of straddles both. It's huge. It's basically just a big desert that the US Navy uses to launch missiles into to see if they work. Cool. And there's this big Navy base in Ridgecrest, I believe the town is. And everyone that lives there kind of either works in the base or for the base. And we were in this like kind of divey bar with some pool tables drinking and we ended up getting shit faced at the bar, as you do when you're in these places. Mm-hmm. And through our blurred vision, we seen a girl in a full white wedding dress as the night was going on, hanging around with a bunch of other people who were normally dressed. <laughs> and we, we had been chatting to the barmaid and we were like, OK, is that a wedding party in this bar? And like not implying that this wouldn't be a good place to have a wedding party, but yeah. is that what's going on? Or and she goes, well, it could be or it could be a divorce party. Sometimes girls put their dresses on and have one big hurrah before they get divorced. <laughs> And I was like, wow. okay. And then we yeah. asked, and it was actually the former. It was a wedding. Um, they oh, had okay. a wedding down in Texas, and she just wanted to follow up at a party with her friends at Ridgecrest. So your story, your story is about a barman just saying this is something that exists, but you, you've not, not yet seen it. Yes, you're, you're right. I mean, I'm just going on the words of it was actually a barman. Also, there's gold <laughs> buried in the middle of the base. I mean, we looked for that gold for four days in Death Valley. We didn't find it, but that doesn't mean it wasn't there. True. It's a big base. But we found friendship along the way. <laughs> no, I, I murdered him and left him there. Oh, okay. Um, so you didn't have a divorce ceremony on the podcast. Uh, I didn't. I did talk. I talked about the divorce and I did do actually like when I because uh, because I'm from Los Angeles, um, we 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 broke up in I asked for a divorce in a uh, in in couples therapy, you know, because it was Mm. very L.A. sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and then immediately after, because I knew I was going to be asking for a divorce, I left my therapy appointment and my friends were waiting outside and a bunch of my female friends, we went to the desert and we had a, a quote unquote, witches weekend. Oh, cool. oh wow. <laughs> and I actually had nothing. It just, the timing was right. It wasn't, it wasn't actually connected to my, uh, leaving my husband, <laughs> but we, uh, did drugs in the desert and painted each other and it was, it was great. And that felt very much like a. Yeah, that's a good way to shake Ritual. off the dust. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, I am now entering well, into a new stage of my life yeah. where I'm entirely body painted and I don't know where I am. Uh, I, I painted my my best friend like a wolf and her, her, her boobs were the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I can see the, uh, the painting right here. It looks amazing. <laughs> Steve, Steve, why don't we do stuff like this? <laughs> I don't know. We just always end up going to the pub. It's never nearly as interesting. We, ne- we barely ever paint our t- each other's bodies. Barely ever. Hardly <laughs> barely ever. ever. Um, yeah, so we thought it would be a good idea to ask Aaron on because we've we've had notions to do an episode called What Am Love for quite a while. Mm. <laughs> um, Baby, don't hurt me. Sorry. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that song was running through my head the entire day as well as I was thinking about it. Yeah, um, I can't stop thinking about it. <laughs> 
didn't make the connection until now. And now I will have that song stuck I'm sorry. Head. And now everyone else <laughs> listening as well. And they're also going to be going around with this in their head. Feel free to tweet at all of us and uh, make us feel bad for that. But oh, well. Um, so we just thought we'd come on and talk about the politics and laws and general messiness of governments getting involved in love and politics and getting involved in love throughout the years and ages. And since Erin's in town, we thought it'd be a good idea to ask her to come on. And it's also Valentine's Day. Oh yes, and it's also thing. going to be Valentine's Day. Yeah. May I yeah. also, are we allowed to point out that we're drinking cans? Sure, that's oh, what we do in this yeah. show. <laughs> oh, okay, so they know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it's <laughs> not secret. I made the choice to not listen to the podcast ahead of time because that tends to make me like in my head before I go on a podcast. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just want to let you know, I don't know the conventions of the podcast as a choice. That's fine. <laughs> not out of disrespect. We don't have that many big conventions in the podcast. Apart from we do usually drink as long as it's not too early. And even then, mm. sometimes we do drink. Sure. Yeah, so, that's, we I, broke that convention almost immediately. I think this podcast <laughs> was founded on early morning drinking. Uh, yeah, late night drinking, early morning drinking, just drinking in general. Yeah. There was a couple yeah. of weeks where we were actually realizing we weren't drinking and the quality dipped. So we had to go straight back <laughs> out to the cans. Yeah, that's, that's no worries. Committed lie. artists. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So as the episode goes on, it may get more slurred and silly, but look, that's just uh, um, that's better for your own ear holes anyway, so don't worry about it. I, I'm drinking a, a gin and tonic that I found. Like it's a <laughs> sorry, that sounds weird. It's a can, it's a pre-mixed gin and tonic can oh. I found in my in my in my bag from during work. We, I went out and did a run to off license and apparently I had a leftover gin and tonic, which I just found right before we recorded. So. Ah, that's funny. That's too bad. I was just na- imagining like a big fancy gin yeah. and tonic like, with, a, with a lavender <laughs> flower and you found it. And I was going to say like, I don't think that's yours. <laughs> I just found it on this table outside a so bar <laughs> with this cigarette <laughs> beside it. And this lady had her back turned to me, so it obviously wasn't hers. <laughs> How do you feel about those pre-mixed can I'm- drinks? Not a big drinker of anything except for beer, so I don't think I really have an opinion, but I can't imagine they're great. What do you This drink? one was actually all right. Yeah, would you drink many gin and tonics normally? Um no. So I guess I don't <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's just gin and just tonic, so it's, it doesn't seem like there's a lot to get wrong. You'd be surprised. I mean, the, people are taking the gin and tonic thing very seriously these days, especially in Dublin. Yeah, it's a bit yeah. much. I, I, I was out. I was out last night at a friend's party, and i uh, i ordered a I ordered a gin and soda because I'm off sugar. Yeah. Um, mm. And, and sugar and tonic? Are you joking? It's full of it. I, I'm also. This is news to me. Also, what? <laughs> how, do you, how do you think it's so sweet? It's sweet. Oh, it's sweet. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think I eat so much sugar that my tongue just doesn't register it anymore, clearly, because I've been chugging back this gin and tonic. It's and, full and of sugar. It's basically really? like Fanta. Like, oh, wow. I've what? never noticed that. Yeah, man, or I, spray. I'm trying to think of like the... Uh, Any of them. Yeah, the, the Irish equivalent. of like, It's like 7-Up. It's 7-Up is tonic, basically. It's just a oh. different taste. Yeah. I thought it was like a healthy thing because it's called tonic. Normally things that are called tonics are healthy things. <laughs> Yeah, Coca-Cola is called Coca-Cola because of cocaine. (laughs) I did know that, yeah. I was explaining that to somebody recently, but they didn't believe me. Do you think Dr. Pepper is super healthy or? Well, there's doctors right in the title, Aaron. (laughs) I want to, I kind of want to drink. Would it be rude if I poured myself a bit of gin? Of course not. I'm going to do that out of solidarity. Go ahead. Yeah, Yeah, okay. (laughs) Oh, but I was going to say, I was, I was out last night and um not to brag <laughs> i was I invited to something thank you very much i stayed home playing oh nintendo God. not to brag <laughs> <laughs> um but i yeah i ordered i ordered a gin and soda and uh and the bartender asked me what kind of gin i wanted and i said oh wh- whatever it's fine and she seemed kind of insulted because of this whole gin craze where it's like well do you want the 
the the gold chalice gin or uh, Donegal's Donegal's finest. I just like all these different things. And she got me a certain kind of gin and I was drinking it and she walked by me. She's like, how is it? I was like, it's, it's great. It's, it's, it's really good. It's gin. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I, um, I later went back to the bar to order another one and she was, she was apologizing. Cause she's like, I'm so sorry. We're out of that gin. And I'm like, I don't. Okay. I'm so, so sorry. I oh wouldn't no, drink I'm so sorry. Yeah. <sighs> and then I bet the other one tasted so different. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, to, to be fair, it was, it was, it did taste nice. But also, I, I did not care. care. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm the same. If anyone tries to give me like one whiskey that's supposed to be the $700 Pope's urine whiskey, and then the other one is like <laughs> Pope's urine, is like the, the powers off the shelf, I probably couldn't tell them apart. Yeah. 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 I think and you could probably tell if you're drinking piss. Pope, not Pope's piss. <laughs> oh, papal, oh, papal piss. Papal oh, piss. sorry. Papal I didn't hear the Pope part. Piss. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, not just regular piss. Not just regular piss. Pope's, piss. Pope's patented papal piss. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we're uh, 19 minutes in and we haven't talked about the topic that we're supposed to be talking about. <laughs> but there's so much here. <laughs> so, um, marriage. Um, people have been getting married for quite a long time. <laughs> yes, they have. <laughs> Is that it? That's it. That's all I got. Richie, take it away. Uh, Steve, you got married just I last did. year. I got married in Belfast in April of just last year, yeah. So oh, congrats. On your year. Thanks very much. I didn't know. Oh, no, I did know you were married. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't put it on the podcast, though. We missed a beat on that one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't think that was a good idea. I would like to point out that, that was a that was a bad decision. Um, yeah. So we did the thing where you go up and you stand in front of an official registrar who works for the state and they make you say some things that has to be witnessed by at least two people. And then every, all two people, the witnesses have to sign, you have to sign, and your wife has to sign. And then the registrar says, you are now married. Waves you, your hand. Do you and, have to know those people? Um, actually, there's no way to prove that. No. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, okay, yeah, got it. Actually, yeah. and I have heard stories that someone was picked up off the street to ask to go in and be a witness to someone's marriage as well, mm-hmm. just because I guess they, they had invited someone and they hadn't showed up. And I essentially was like a guy that I knew from college kind of well, but not that well. I drove right. him, his wife, and another witness of the Belfast before to get married as well. That's fun. And I think I've seen him once since. <laughs> so <laughs> it doesn't necessarily have to be your BFF forever. They don't do like the 20 questions with your witness first to make sure you know them. Right. It's basically just this. Actually, thinking about it, it's kind of the same for citizenship. I just signed this dude that I kind of knows a uh, form for him to become a citizen of Ireland. And they just wanted my name and my address and that was it. Oh, he was wow. A, yeah. Just character witness I f- sort of thing? I guess, yeah. But I was never contacted to back him up. Yeah, I feel like he has to go live with you under house arrest for a while or something. Yeah, he has to be like my apprentice in Irishness. Yeah, <laughs> no, Bagara, Bagara, Bagara. Oh, look, it's raining today. Fear smiled. <laughs> in Northern Ireland, so is is law different where you don't have to file the four month, like the three month of intent to get married and yeah, that whole thing? Okay. That was it. Um, we had to do it a bit quicker than we would have liked, and as well, like the waiting list in Ireland is huge, especially in Dublin because mm-hmm. of the equal marriage referendum. Especially last year, maybe it's calmed down a bit since, but there was a huge backlog of uh, same sex couples that really wanted Ugh. to get married. I know. Right? Why, do, why do we pass that referendum? It's I know, they awkward. get everything. <laughs> oh, but we haven't told them yet that we didn't include gay divorce in the referendum. So they're stuck together forever. <laughs> um, did you know, Aaron, that referendum was, or divorce was totally legal in Ireland up until the 90s? And we have to, I did know that. We had to have a referendum to get rid of it. Yeah. Isn't that yeah. messed up? I think about it. I think about that a lot because um, I think 
I mean, and uh, just speaking for not speaking for California, but you know, <laughs> the United States is large. Yes. It's a, it's a big place. <laughs> um, so I don't represent California, obviously, but I've you only represent America. Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> uh, I'm the ambassador of culture <laughs> and habits for all of America. Uh, like in Cal in, in Los Angeles, people seem to get married um, kind of willy nilly and also get married really young. And I think I'm right on this, that the it, it takes almost the longest to get a divorce in California, more so than any other state. And it's just six months. Right. Whereas in Ireland, it's there's a four year like holding period. Like you have to have four years of separation and then it, it's another year. Yeah. You have to get pre-registered as separated. Yeah. And then I think after four years or something like that, then you can actually right. get divorced, which is crazy. Yeah, it is. It's kind of mind blowing. However, <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting because like I've noticed I want to apologize in advance for my likes, because now that I've had one drink, it's going to be every other word is going to be like. But um, I, I, it seems seems like people get into relationships much older here or there's not like people are more hesitant to get married right away. Mm. And people like there's not pressure to get married. And people also say partner here more than they say girlfriend, boyfriend, fiance, husband, wife. And I think that takes pressure off the labels and this is me as an expert living here for two years <laughs> <laughs> well you're not outside observers you probably like see more of it than we would even realize yeah right you well and I'm actually, sure, yeah. I, uh, clearly like and obviously like i'm taking my own baggage into the whole situation yes. but like, <laughs> when i got married we we were really like two months before our, our wedding we got in a really big fight and we literally had a conversation where we were like well the venue's booked <laughs> so like maybe we should let's just do it and hopefully it works out but it, but we <laughs> but it kind of felt like it wasn't like because things weren't going well yeah. and we were just like well ah be fine because everyone gets kind of married and divorced and it's not like it wouldn't have been the same kind of rigmarole to try yeah and there wouldn't have been the yeah. five years and um, but then equally there wouldn't have been the, the you know pressure to get married or even the pressure to get divorced then afterwards as well like the the trauma of actually going through the divorce as well right yeah i that. know yeah. that's i mean that's a really fair point that yeah. like yeah people probably stay together when they shouldn't um yeah or i don't know but it seems like it seems like people get married in dublin it seems like people get married like in their the people that i'm interacting with get get married like in their late 30s and yeah it's really rare um for anyone of me and Richie's age to be getting married. Like I'm. Yeah, and you're in your mid forties. <laughs> yeah, um, just judging by looks. Uh, well, touching on fifty actually, but I'm glad I look five years younger. I, th I threw out my I threw out my back this morning. I can't. I'm very old. <laughs> and you're five years younger than me. <laughs> I'm tw I'm 27, but no, my body has, is not aware of that fact. Oh, I don't uh, know. For I'm some joking. reason, I thought you were 25. <laughs> I was. I was gonna. Oh, okay. You're 31. Uh, 30. Oh, you're 30. Okay. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want to clarify. I'm totally joking. You don't no, look yes. like you're. Honestly, I've gone. I've been called anywhere between the ages of twenty up until forty. Um, I don't people just, just as you've aged, just um, in your life. Not even just like in the last couple of days. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it depends on I don't know what kind of shading I'm under, what kind of light I'm under. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think like darkness and pure darkness. People are like twenty. <laughs> 
You look so young, I think. <laughs> That's why I only ever come out at nighttime now. It's lucky, though, because you're in Ireland, so there's a lot of nighttime during the winter. I like how I'm like mercilessly teasing you both, and I don't know you at all. <laughs> it's fine. That's the podcast way. Yeah. Uh, but let's get on task. Marriage. Marriage. Yeah. Um, people in Ireland don't really get married at all, as you say, up until like the 30s. Most people go to have a mortgage and then maybe even kids before they get married. I went to the matchmaking festival oh, in really? September. Yeah. And... Um, when I, my, my young thing is like when I put on, when I put on lipstick and I'm not wearing eye makeup, I immediately look a lot younger, I think is my excuse for this. But, um, I had all these, f- like I, w- I went just because I wanted to experience the matchmaking festival and there were all these, uh, happened to me two or three times where there were dads who came up to me and, uh, just kind of forced me to dance with their sons Oh God! who were like 17 oh and 18. And I said like, every time I was like, Hey, this is in Listoon Verna in, uh, in Western Ireland, like near, um, uh, the cliffs of Moher and I don't know, just to place it for your listeners. Yeah. It's, um, this big, huge traditional festival that's been going on for ages because apparently they used to be kind of the, um, arranged marriage style thing going in Ireland for quite a long time where you'd have like an appointed matchmaker mm. and the only place that it's lasted and turned into a tourist attraction now is down in Liston Varna. Actually, Donal, who was on the show before, yeah. um, one of the princes of the gays in Dublin, he helped to organise the first ever uh, same-sex Liston Varna festival two years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Panty um, hosted it, did she? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. more than two years ago. It was a couple of years ago. Oh, was it? Okay. Now, but yeah, 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 yeah. I was I was actually there with with my my best friend who's queer and like we were lamenting the fact that we weren't there for the It was supposed to be an amazing party. Oh nice. Yeah. Did you make it down for it, Richie? I know you did some work for it. Uh yeah, we did a photo shoot with Panty beforehand for it. Um, but no, it didn't make it down. Yeah. Uh, it to I just... was working in a shoe shop at the time, I believe, if I remember correctly. <laughs> so while the world's biggest, gayest, best party was happening, I was working in the shoe shop. <laughs> It sounds there. like I've never heard anything that sounded more like a euphemism in my life. Like, <laughs> are you uh, working uh, in the shoe shop this weekend? Yeah, I'm yeah, working in the old shoe shop. I gotta get that shoehorn. Gotta get it right yeah, in there. So, something about tongues or something. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> but I, I remember like pleading with the dads, saying like, "Oh, like I'm, I, you, I'm much older than you think I am. Like I'm, I'm, I'm in my." 30s my very early 30s <laughs> just to say <laughs> just FYI not, not old enough for you dad <laughs> yeah I was, uh, yeah I don't know why I'm being coy I was like I'm 30 I'm 32 I'm 32 um and they didn't believe me and then I had to dance with all these boys wait but why did you have to dance with them <laughs> yeah you didn't have to dance you with just, all these boys <laughs> Uh, you don't know the patriarchy. <laughs> you don't get it. Uh, no, I felt I felt like I needed to because I was um, because I was like I was going because I wanted to observe the whole thing. And because it was oh, right. it's like I mean, it's like going to a gay bar as a straight person. Like you don't get to just be kind of a tourist, right? Like you can, but it's kind of rude. And I was there and I was like... Is the implication of that that if you're a straight person in a gay bar, you have to be gay for the night? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, God. Wrong. Oh, God. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm thinking more about... I, I think maybe this is more of a more of an American phenomenon, but there's like a... There's a thing where like uh, bachelorette parties will go to a gay bar... Oh, yeah. And just, on their, yeah. Just wreck I, the places if they were in any nightclub. Yeah, well, just... And then just kind of take ownership over everything and that's like you know gay bars 
gay bars were made so gay people could meet each other yeah. historically and, yeah, exactly. and hang Comfortable out. Comfortable places to be gay. Yeah, as they're not to, there yeah. to entertain um, drunk, uh, sad women. <laughs> In the same way, I was like, I'm I'm at I'm at their festival, so I I am not going to, like I need to participate a little bit. Yeah. So. I did that. But also the end of the, the end of the story is that I was very disappointing because they know all these dances that I don't know. These like really complicated, like swing slash country dances. Uh, and, and stuff. I uh, I'm like, I'm really obnoxious when I'm trying to learn how to do a dance that I don't know. I just start laughing like kind of hysterically. <laughs> Like I just look insane probably. And I I, I literally, this literally happened three times and the boys were like, they, they also are 17, 18 years old. So they don't know how to kind of adjust themselves. They're just like, got to go out and do do the dance. (laughs) Do the dance. He showed me, he showed me in his room and I got to do, this is, this is the time. (laughs) Dad's watching now. (laughs) (laughs) Just for the listeners out there, not from Ireland, Aaron has totally nailed a 17 year old West of Ireland boy. I'm, I'm getting, flashbacks and trauma from growing up in Donegal oh and going to God. nightclubs and hearing these guys. They all have such I, strong hands. Also, <laughs> freakishly oh muscly hands. If I close my eyes, I feel like I'm at an under 18s hurling match. Yeah. <laughs> oh. um, yeah, so I can't remember how we got onto the topic of List and Varna, but yeah, that's another <laughs> institution Sorry. that has been going around with, with love and stuff. Well, I, just, well, I will just say, you haven't asked, but I would like to brag that... <laughs> <laughs> the head matchmaker who organizes the festival. Oh, yeah. Who has like the big matchmaking book. He tried to set me up with his son, which I feel <gasps> is. The Prince of Liston Vern. <laughs> <laughs> You know you would have inherited the matchmaking. You would have owned the Cliffs of Moher if you had gone through with that. Oh man. Okay. Um I'm trying to get the notes here now to salvage something for the actual structure of the show, but not that it really matters. <laughs> Jesus. Um, okay. Noted. Do <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you know you can get divorced on the spot in Islamic culture? I did not know that. Yeah. And I think like, it's only just... on the spot are we talking? Like absolutely instantaneously? Yes. Wait, yeah. by who um, who officiates that? No one. The woman just says it. I'm divorcing you. And now that means you're divorced. Wow. And I'm sure there are no repercussions. <laughs> None whatsoever. Um, yeah, that's pretty much, that's the only thing I had for that actual little quirk. <laughs> great. Well, that's great. We're keeping great pace. Let's move along. <laughs> well, Next that, factoid. Does that refer to, uh, because obviously Islamic, I mean, that, but that's not, that's not like the full truth, obviously, because Islamic people live in like so many different countries, obviously. Yeah, Do no, they it's, it's also Arabian get... Islamic. It's, it's, it's the tradition around the Middle East in okay. the Arabian style countries. Uh, more than like, I'm not sure if it works in Indonesia or Malaysia, but hmm. I do know that it's a thing in certain parts of Arabia and I think in certain parts of Pakistan as well. But in Pakistan, it leads to honor killings, which is one of the downsides to it. Right. Pretty big downside. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, are there, I guess my question is when you get married, when you're Islamic, are there, is there like a separate wedding that's like within your faith, kind of like a Jewish wedding or even like some Christian and some Christian traditions? Well, in the Catholic church in Ireland, the priest is allowed to act as the, offic- the officiator. Mm-hmm. So I got married in a, in a um, what do you call it? Um, what's the non-secular like a civil like ceremony, a, a civil yeah. ceremony, and um, there was no religion involved. And although, because it was in Belfast, and this really ticked me off, um, part of the registrar's little speech she had to give was to say that marriage is recognised as a union between a man and a woman and the queen. 
And the queen is like watching over your <laughs> the shoulder. Queen's there. But specifically, the point about her putting that into the sentence is that it's not between two men or two women, which really annoyed mm. me, actually. Yeah. Really? Wait, is gay marriage illegal in It's illegal Northern just Ireland? in Northern Ireland, yeah. Northern Weird. Ireland is like this little conservative enclave of the UK that they're not even, they don't even realise that they have. So, wow, there's so much to learn. Um, even as the Republic becomes more and more liberal, the North just refuses to move forward at all. And mm. if anything is moving backwards. Are people in Northern Ireland allowed to get married in the Republic of Ireland? Yeah. Like, and are their marriages then recognized or are they just? Oh yeah. No, um, all marriages are like, if you got married in. If you're gay. That's oh, what no, I'm asking. No, no. Okay. No, not at all. They, they don't like, they don't recognize any union between. Although that must cause a lot of problems because even then within, like if you get married in England, which is in the same country as Northern Ireland, Mm-hmm. Then they move over. I know. I know at least that much. Yeah, but they, <laughs> but even like at least with the the certificate that comes from Dublin, it's a different country, so they could say, "Oh, we're not going to recognise that because it's different laws." But oh, presumably, okay. there must be court cases coming up in the north about this because it's it's been happening for about two or three years that the north have like doubly clamped down on on stopping to recognise things and um, stopping to recognise like um, same sex same sex rights going on when you're in Northern Ireland. So it probably will come down to a big fight between them and the uh, UK Supreme Court pretty soon. Interesting. Yeah. That was actually how the America got um, same-sex marriage across the land, wasn't it? It wasn't like a law passed. It was the Supreme Court decided that every state had to recognize them. Yeah, the Supreme Court decided it kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. It happened on the Friday before the Pride weekend. And I was ah. in Castro, San Francisco when it happened. <laughs> oh. And Castro nearly exploded. <laughs> Richie used to live in Castro and uh, when I visited really? him a few times. Really? Yeah. When did yeah. you live there? I lived, I moved back, uh, I moved to London last year and the summer in July. But I lived there for three years before that. Oh, cool. I, I went to college yeah. in San Francisco and... Oh, you did? But, cool. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't, I didn't drink at all really Aww. in college and but like oh sensible not students. in a sad way oh definitely a sad way you missed <laughs> out so much no i did i did drink is that why you're catching up now <laughs> what are you talking about with my with my can and my Box glass of of gin? um i know like i um i didn't drink that much just because i wasn't like used to drinking but i just wanted to be in the big city which is why i went to college in san francisco where do you come from originally in the states uh, well, my dad's a minister um, in the military. Which Reli- makes him a, like a religious minister because... Um, no, if, he's one of those super... Yes, he's a religious That isn't the thing. For, like, um, most Irish people would not know what you're talking about if you say your dad's yeah. a minister. They would think he's a, he's a politician. Well, I would beg to differ from all my... Oh, oh really? Well, I, I guess... Yeah, no, that's fair enough. I mean, I'm just teasing you yeah. to connect with you. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to do. Um, no, that's a fair point. I think I usually say preacher... It's complicated because, um, like my like my dad, my dad is not Catholic, obviously, but he doesn't identify as Protestant. <laughs> so he seems like the most interesting man ever. <laughs> it explains a lot so about who you are, the way you are. He's kind of like. <laughs> You say he's an army preacher. That just sounds like a random word generator describing professions. Yeah. No, well, he's a chaplain. So like some people know what that means and some people don't. Yeah. So like a chaplain is an officer in the military that's like, who is a preacher. We would hear the word chaplain more often because you'd have like the chaplain coming into the school who would, because it's Ireland, just be the priest. Right. But yeah. Like even, um, I don't know, like we've talked about it before on the podcast that like the idea of having anyone from a different kind of faith is such a rare thing in Ireland mm. that you would talk about, oh no, you can't go down to that house down the road. That's the Protestant <laughs> house. They come down and soup up on you. And I right. remember growing up in Donegal, which had more kind of a, 
like more inclusion of, of Protestant kids growing up, you would actually see, you don't see them until secondary school because you have to go to different <laughs> primary schools. But once you get into secondary school, you mentioned, and it's like, oh, what'd you do on Sunday? Oh, I went to church. And I was like, oh, you mean mass? No, not mass, church, it's a different <laughs> thing. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating because like I, my family wasn't very bad for this, but like um, I am Irish American, but not Irish and American, I'm not Irish American in the way that like, Mark Wahlberg says he's Irish American, like, or... <laughs> Does that mean he's not? I didn't know that. <laughs> no, no, no. That means he... It just means that, like, there are... Like, Mar, well, Mark Wahlberg is from Southie Boston. And there was there was a time when I worked... I worked for Mark Wahlberg for a short time. Oh, you did? <laughs> no way! <laughs> yeah. Um, are his arms really that big? <laughs> is that CGI? Uh, <laughs> no, yeah. No, he looks like a very muscular bulldog. He's not that tall at all, is he? No, no. no. He's pretty short. (laughs) No, you idiot. (laughs) No, he's very small. He's very small. Um, Aaron's quite tall as well. So I'm just imagining this uh, working relationship is pretty funny too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the first time I met, I I worked for a charity that he, that he had. And the first time I met him, I asked him if he wanted anything. And he said he wanted a quiche. And we were in a in a place where there were there was no quiche near, but I was like, uh, okay. I can't say no. I can't say no to Mark Wahlberg. And then <laughs> found, what a power like, play. <laughs> yeah. But then I like looked up how to make a quiche and I like made a quiche. Oh my god. <laughs> that seems like one of those bullshit job interview things that like Google asks, like their their engine software engineers to see how they react. Oh yeah. I mean, well, me like <laughs> living in living in Los Angeles or like doing being in a world where you're working for rich people as you're like trying to do your own thing, there's there's a huge number of really weird things that you do for rich people. Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> there's a sport group of former employees of Mark Wahlberg. Just Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Did he ask you to get a quiche too? Yeah, what's up with that? <laughs> yeah, well, and like when I brought the quiche back, they were over it. They didn't even want the quiche. Oh my God. Yeah. That you went off and baked and then brought in. Yeah. <laughs> oh and looked God. up how to make. <laughs> Did you eat it yourself? Please say you eat it yourself. Please. No, oh, I don't. I don't remember. Actually, I was going to say I, I would have knowing myself probably no, because I think I was probably nervous by the fact that I was hanging out with Mark Wahlberg. And, and when I say hanging out, I mean, working for scared in the, in the hallway, <laughs> waiting to hear my name to see if I needed to get anything. So uh, yeah, Irish Americans. Not like Walk Walk Marlberg. The second beer is starting to kick in now here as well. The, the fumes yeah. from this gin is starting to evaporate. Stephen's taking nose. off his clothes. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Steve, we've been over this. This is why we can never have guests anymore. This is going to be the worst podcast that you've ever had. And it's fine if you don't air it. But I just want to say when I, when I lived in San Francisco, I used to go to the Castro district um, and I used to buy a penis cookie from the bakery there. <gasps> Hot cookie. The yeah. penis cookies. We <laughs> yeah. know about the penis cookies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Every, everyone who used to, so we had a bunch of people come stay with us because we had a spare room in Castro. So we had a never ending stream of Irish Bloody people come over. fucking t- What a I know, nice... Right? Living it up. But uh, everyone who came over, we took them to hot cookie to get them a penis shaped macaroon. Including your dad. Including that. Everyone. Everyone (laughs) and all. Everyone and anyone. And my favorite uh, person, I can't remember who it was I brought, but I think they were, she was a little bit shy Mm. and she wanted one, but she didn't want to go up and just go, I'll have the dick, please. (laughs) She goes in. And she goes, uh, can I have can I just uh, that, that one over there? Please? And the guy behind the counter was eating it up and just went, uh, you'll have what, sorry? <laughs> I'll, I'll have the, um, the uh, in the top right. Uh, what one now? And he's playing dumb. And uh, uh, this, you want the dick? <laughs> <laughs> 
And she just goes, y- yes, please. Okay. <laughs> I, when I was like yeah. 17, I was 17 at the time. And like, I went to, I would go to that shop and like, I got it because I like, I, I knew I was going to the gay district, obviously, but like, I got mm. it in my head that the, that the guy at the bakery had a crush on me. <laughs> <laughs> of course he didn't. I've been there as well, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> but I also, the Castro is where I went into Moby Dick's yeah. and witness my first like I I went in I snuck in because I was 17 and I sat down and I was just like trying to sit down so they wouldn't know like I I had been refused to go in and I was just there on my own and I wasn't even going to drink but I just like wanted to be in the mix of like culture (laughs) really Mm -hmm. and I I slipped past the the uh, the bouncer and I sat down and tried to not bring attention to myself. And I sat down next to a hand job, like literally, like I've never, oh, <laughs> I've never seen that in a <laughs> in a bar since. But like yeah. some of those, that'll happen. Yeah, That's Castro, welcome to Castro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, hand, there's a nail salon up around the corner on 18th Street called Hand Job. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah and that's right next to the italian restaurant which is called the sausage factory yes uh, i'm trying to remember more there's 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 a whole bunch of similar kind of pun plays i had a delicious things. hot dog when i was in castro um anything as else do many people as every day many- <laughs> yeah so aaron are you drunk enough yet to do the benedict arnold story <laughs> If anybody doesn't know, um, Aaron was on Drunk History USA, the good one, um, not that crappy one that's always on the UK Comedy Central, where they you had to tell the story of Benedict Arnold mm-hmm. and actors reenacted it according to the crazy drunken stuff they lip, they lip sent along with it. They did. Um, who? What actors were in it? Winona Ryder and John what? Lithgow and Chris Parnell. John Lithgow. What? Oh my God. <laughs> What? I'm not gonna lie. I mean, one other writer is amazing, and Chris Parnell is amazing. But holy shit, John Lithgow! Yeah, <laughs> I go mad for that. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of lost. My, I'm friends friends with the uh, or friendly friendly with the with the creator of it, and I saw him at a party like before because I recorded it and had no memory of doing it. And I also <laughs> I like I had I had the flu, and I was on a ton of uh, antibiotics. So beyond like being drunk, I was like. Insane. <laughs> just insane. <laughs> but you can't tell in the clip, which is a shame. And I, I just look, I look like shit, but like, I don't look that drunk, but I really like, I could not have been. Did you puke on air, which happens quite a lot to those people? Uh, no, I didn't. I'm not a big, not a big puker. That's good. Yeah, I did. I, I told you this when we got coffee that after the taping, because I have Probably not right now, but like I'm able to kind of pull off not looking drunk when I'm very drunk and I have no memory of doing this. But I was told afterwards I convinced a PA who was meant to give me a ride home (laughs) to drop me off at my local. And I had texted a like a weird variety of people saying, please meet me here. I have to tell you something. (laughs) And the thing you had to tell them was what you would just. I had to talk to them about Benedict Arnold. Like (laughs) there are all these videos of me on that night because people were like, what is happening? And it was like a very strange mix of people. And I just wanted to talk more about Benedict Arnold. And there are all these videos of me like crying, talking about Benedict Arnold. Crying? <laughs> oh yeah, no, I like. I really, I, uh, I have, 
I mean, I still really care a lot about his story when I'm drunk <laughs> again. So, so invested. Well, well, yeah. Let's hear it then. I, I'm completely unfamiliar with the story. I mean, it's been a couple of years, but the long and short of it as it relates to this podcast is that Benedict Arnold was a really successful uh, soldier during the Revolutionary War beforehand was really was was uh, George Washington's protege, basically. And he was not a he didn't come from a fancy like a fancy upbringing or anything. And he just like was a really he was a really good like war strategist. Was he from Virginia as well? No, he was from Connecticut, I think. Uh, Though I could have that wrong. Um, Just one second. Richie, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just wrapped by the amazing storytelling. God, I'm just trying to enjoy the medium. <laughs> Fuck, Steve, I'm immersed. You're taking me out of the moment. No. I'm aware I'm on a podcast. Just Aaron, we, um, we have infamously have terrible connection problems trying to record this podcast. So sometimes oh, I can be talking okay. for five minutes, thinking that Richie's just giving me time to go to a point, and then I'd be stopped, and I'd be like, "Hello." <laughs> <laughs> So I just wanted to make sure that wasn't happening. But sorry, okay, he's from he maybe from Connecticut. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, kind of poor family. And he you know, worked his way up and became like this really brilliant uh, soldier. And he he won he won a couple of battles. Yeah, as you do. <laughs> that's, that's how it goes. Yeah, I mean, it's so sorry <laughs> for the way that I'm describing this. This sounds very like uh, dismissive, but. Um, like won a few battles or stuff. Yeah, I mean, he was like he was like brilliant. He was he was really he he was he he was great. And he there is there is a point where he, there was there was a certain battle and I forget the name of it, but he like made a a, a, a split moment decision to kind of charge in this way that was really dangerous. And he like led led the way like very much was involved, and he ended up getting really injured. But because of that battle. The Americans or like the the rebel side continued on and they probably would have lost if that didn't happen. And he he got this really bad injury. And because he wasn't a rich guy, they did these like he was a very he was very poor and he needed to send money back to his family. And because he wasn't like a rich guy, they kind of passed him over for a promotion and they didn't give him money. And he kind of like begged for money because he needed to send money back to his family. Mm. And they... Yeah. And they like they dismissed him. And I think that that's where like his anger started a bit. Oh, like was George Washington part of the day at the time? George Washington, like is from accounts like George Washington was a really like kind, fatherly person and was like a big paternal figure to a lot of different people, including Benedict Arnold. Yeah. And Hamilton. Yeah. And, and he he wanted he was like he was vying for Benedict Arnold to get paid. But but. George Washington wasn't in charge of that. Yeah. And Benedict Arnold was still very loyal to Washington. But anyway, there, there was this thing where Benedict Arnold wasn't getting kind of the recognition that he deserved. Like he was he was awarded this Medal of Honor, but he didn't get any money. And so like he was he didn't have any money at all. And in, in Philadelphia, he met like at a party after this battle. He met Peggy Shippen, this young English woman. At a who's, party after a battle. Yeah, not right after. It was like a rat party for the rat. <laughs> Good hey, rat, everybody. We to the pub, no one read the paper. No one read the reviews. Let's just have fun tonight. <laughs> Where are the canapes? <laughs> Benedict, stop eating all the canapes. <laughs> yeah, like so he meets Peggy Shippen, who's um, 
she in her own right was famous just for being beautiful. And she, her family had come over from England and she was just like this gorgeous, uh, socialite. And she paid Benedict Arnold attention who was not like traditionally good looking and was a bit older and was injured and they fell in love and, or he fell in love with her or whatever else. Like she, he was a war hero. She was a socialite. They started a relationship and she, her ex-boyfriend was a soldier for the British army. And she said that he was just her friend and they carried on this relationship and she encouraged Benedict Arnold because he had been um, betrayed by his country because of like, and country in quotes, because it wasn't a country. Yeah. It was just like, like the, re- the rebels. <laughs> yeah. Like he, he felt betrayed because he didn't get this recognition yeah. and they weren't giving him money because he wasn't a rich person to begin with. And it was like kind of all these, all this like English hangover of a class system mm-hmm. that was getting him. And she, I'm not going to say that it's all her fault, but according to like letters, it's not all her fault, but she, she thought it was a really good idea to, to, to spy because she, she was English and she said, you know, like if we win this war, we'll go back to England and we'll live like Kings and Queens and we'll be on the right side of history. And because he had been mistreated, he was in a vulnerable spot and it was like, okay, Oh, let's do that. Meanwhile, she was kind of carrying on with this soldier and they had these letters going back and forth. And he was supplying information to this British soldier that who she was probably who was also she was having like an emotional affair with. And that's that's where the betrayal came in. And if it wasn't there, like the the ultimate the way this all ended was there's a, a letter giving up uh, where the American ships were in this certain place before a battle. And if the English would have gotten like received their placement, for sure, America would have would not exist. (laughs) Like it was like a a big deal. It was like all of all of uh, the rebels people hanging out in the spot. But the letters were intercepted by people like guarding the thing. And and they they said that Benedict Arnold had done it. And And, they found out that he was the, the spy. Yeah. And then did he like totally switch sides then and put on a, a blue mm. coat or no red coat? No. So um, that that happened. And that when that happened, uh, Peggy Shippen found out Great that. Great name, by the way. I know, right? <laughs> Peggy Shippen, as played by Winona Ryder in My Drunk History. Uh, <laughs> no big deal. Not obsessed with her at all. Like George Washington was meant to have breakfast. No yeah. big deal. Not obsessed at all. <laughs> John Lithgow is meant to have lunch with Chris Brunel and Winona Ryder. Uh, sorry. I mean, George Washington was meant to have lunch with Benedict Arnold and Peggy Shippen. And he's like on his way there, like riding his horse there. And they know like Peggy. The horse is played by Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Very good. Um, Benedict Arnold wasn't there, but Peggy Shippen was there and she found out that this letter had been received. So she knew what was about to happen. George Washington didn't know. And he was writing to their house to have brunch. And when was it brunch? Was it brunch? It was. I think it was. <laughs> the brunch was the thing yeah. back then. It was the first brunch. <laughs> 
No, it probably wasn't literally called brunch, but it was. Oh. <laughs> it was the meal between breakfast and lunch. Yeah. Um, so but Peggy Shippen knew about this. And when George Washington got there, she pretended to be crazy and stripped off, like famously stripped off her shirt and, and said that she thought that George Washington was there to eat her baby. He stripped off her shirt. So, like Peggy had her yeah. pops out. In front of him, screaming yes, madly. Yes, yeah, because she wanted... Did Winona Ryder do that for the Drunk History video? She did not. <laughs> <laughs> but she, yeah, no, they left this out of the story. By the way, when I, when I did Drunk History, I told the story, and usually they have people tell it a few times, and I said, like, should I do it again? And they're like, it's been three hours. <laughs> <laughs> So no, usually within a span of three hours, people tell the story several times, but I, I started at Benedict Arnold's birth and like, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Peggy Shippen did that because she wanted to be seen as insane because she knew that like she could be shot or hung or like she had no mm -hmm. idea like what was going to happen. So George Washington, because she, he saw that Peggy Shippen was unwell because of this eat ba baby business. When he found out what was happening. Did she have any babies? Yeah, they had a child. Yeah. Um, they had, they had like She's an not infant. not that crazy, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Peggy, you don't even have any babies. Uh, well, like because of Peggy, George Washington agreed to let Benedict Arnold go and go to England and so him and Peggy Shippen went to England and people in England uh, despised him because they saw him as a traitor as well. And it wasn't like the it's not, not what he he thought he was promised. And he famously, like when he was dying, was asked to put be put in his his, his American, his blue uniform. And he died in his blue uniform because he oh. Like <laughs> really regretted his entire life, basically. But, um, but he, like he only made. A couple of bad decisions necessarily it wasn't even like in the in the movie that i seen he was wearing a red coat and like fighting for the other side but he never even did all what? that yeah no what movie wait what patriot with mel oh. yeah but that, oh, yeah. that basically that, no, implied that mel gibson single-handedly won the war of independence well i mean he did <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> with <personally>. his anti-semitism <laughs> hey he established america as it was to go on yeah hey, you know oh. it's still it's actually still illegal in the united states to carve the name benedict arnold into stone like his name like because because of that betrayal it was it, it became illegal to yeah, write the name Benedict Arnold into stone. He was like Benedict Arnold the fifth. So his father and his grandfather, his great grandfather, they they eroded their names off of their gravestones. Uh huh. Jesus. Yeah, it's still legal to put Benedict Arnold into stone. Does that mean that if like someone is actually called Benedict Arnold because they have like a really uneducated parents, that they will never <laughs> get a gravestone? It's still. I mean, it's one. Of, it's one of those laws that probably people wouldn't. Uh, have you heard about the shit in the helmet law what? for cops in Ireland? No, what is that? <laughs> the shit in the helmet law. Um, it's one that we inherited from the British statutes, apparently, that um, if you are a pregnant woman who desperately needs to either make water or pass feces, you make may... Make water? I did, I've never, <laughs> you I've never, never heard, heard that heard as an expression before. for pissing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've never heard that as an expression for pissing. They, uh, you can ask for a policeman's helmet and you're supposed to be allowed to take it around a corner and he's supposed to use his cloak to cover you. His cloak? His cloak. Gardner don't have cloaks. Of course they do. Maybe we have a different definition of cloaks. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is an old law. Back when constables used to have big right, circular okay, hard okay. helmets that you could it, like I mean, I don't know if you should or would defecate into a guard's hat because they're just like the the cloth hats. 
You can't yeah, fit a lot in there. It's not. Uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if you got a lot of water to make. <laughs> um, there's another famous sex scandal actually that I want to bring to the table. Have you heard of Charles Stewart Parnell? Parnell Street is named after him in Dublin. I'm I sure have you heard of him. Quite yeah. a few. He was one of the politicians in the 1880s and 90s who was trying to get home rule for Ireland through like legal means. So everyone knows that. We fought the war with Michael Collins, played by Liam um, Neeson. So yes. he, Liam Neeson got his independence by fighting a war against the Brits. And um, before that, though, it wasn't in the movie. Parnell tried to get it by like legislative means, like Scotland tried to do recently by like having a referendum and moving things there peacefully. Um, and he had nearly got it because politics in the UK was in such a state that his Irish party, the I think they were called the Parliamentary Party, he was able to decide the who got to be in governance. So he did a deal with Gladstone of the Liberals at the time, and they were nearly about to get home ruled Ireland, which would have like solved the whole question, stopped the need for us to be blowing things up all the time and, and starting riots and shooting English people. Um, but it was all taken down by him being involved in a sex scandal because he was having sex with Kitty O'Shea, who wasn't married to Parnell. She was married to Captain O'Shea, which is legitimately his first name. <laughs> what? And he is what? much. He is as his much. Name was Captain. Captain. Right. Okay. And, he and her name much, was Kitty. Her name was Kitty, which is like, oh. that's a, that's a more common first name. Yeah. Um, still. Yes. Yeah, st- <laughs> still weird. There's actually a really nice bar in the north side called uh, Kitty O'Shea's. Well, that excuses. Um, next, <laughs> Captain O'Shea was, was as much of a dick as you can imagine someone that would be called Captain to be, and he allowed it to happen for a long time because, like, the marriage had broken down, and he was only holding on to Kitty because she was because he was waiting for Kitty's wealthy aunt to die so he could cash in on her inheritance. Aww. And this was going on for a couple of years, I think, like nearly ten years, because Parnell and Kitty had um had like three kids. It's like Great Expectations. Is it? <laughs> I've never read it. It's like, it's it's like shite expectations. <laughs> and um, it got to the point where it all came out because Captain O'Shea eventually did agree to file for divorce when he got his slice of the inheritance and um, named Parnell as one of the reasons why he had to get a divorce. And then it became public. And I think it was like one of the very first instances of a big politician in the UK being smeared all across the papers that made it to national news. And that actually stopped Ireland from getting home rule when we were supposed to get it. And because the the, uh, Gladstone, the English prime minister at the time said, I can't back you um, on this basis. You have to retire from your party. And Parnell refused to step down as leader and the Irish party split, which meant that there was no more political leverage to try and get the, the home rule. And then it just ended up not happening. And then we went and fought World War One, and then we had 1916 and then a lot of people died and all that happened because of a sex scandal. That's crazy. So, yeah, that was pretty shit. Richie, what's your sex scandal story? I, I don't have any sex scandals personally in my own life. That we know of yet. That's what makes them scandals because I'm not just <laughs> going to come out and tell them. <laughs> uh, do you want to talk about Clinton? Sure. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> Erin, do you want to take that one? No, I mean, it was was massively unfair for Monica Lewinsky. It didn't ultimately bring him down in any way. I know we were talking about Anthony Weiner in a conversation. Like, that's that's fascinating because, like, he's such a great politician, but so incredibly flawed in this very (laughs) big way with, like, a sex addiction. We'll move on. Everyone knows about the Clinton one, but then to talk about Weiner. So Mm. Anthony Weiner was a New York um, City congressman no, sorry, he was a congressman for the U.S. Congress, but he was based in New York City. And he had a habit of texting strangers and sending them pictures of his wang, which is really ironic considering his name. Wang. And, 
Why'd you say Wang, Steve? You've never said Wang in your life. I didn't before. want to just say. I didn't just want to say Wiener again. Don't ever talk about that again. <laughs> I'll try my best. Um, Wang. It is Wiener. awful. <laughs> it is terrible, isn't it? I really okay. hate it. Anthony Wiener kept on taking pictures of his penis and sending them. Well, like it, not even his exposed penis, because unfortunately everyone got to see them because they were so public at the time. They kept on getting leaked. So I've seen Anthony Wiener's Wiener four times when I watched that documentary about him. More times than I wanted to see, and. Um, <laughs> Oh, good thing you said that, or we think you'd be super gay. Yeah, when you started a yeah. sense, I was like, yeah. I didn't know my co-host was gay. <laughs> <laughs> and then you saved it, and I was like, it's cool, he's still my bro. <laughs> I will take this shellacking because I deserve it. Yeah, so he kept on sending his penis picture to lots of different girls, and he did that while he was still in Congress, and it came out, and he had to resign from Congress. But then, for some reason, he decided it would be a good idea to run as the mayor of New York, after this had all come out. Well, because he's he, he is like a an inspired politician. I mean, that's a big tragedy about the whole thing is that like. What do you mean? So like he actually had. Oh, yeah. No, politics. he's like. <laughs> I mean, that's the whole reason why any of this matters. None of this was addressed in the documentary that I watched. It was just really? all about his penis. <laughs> I don't know. I saw the same documentary and I disagree. But like Steve saw the XXX cut. <laughs> Steve just googled Wiener <laughs> and was like, "Yeah, this guy should not be in office." <laughs> he he was uh, he he was a great politician in that like his uh, he he's like working class but also super ideological drunk. Um, <laughs> he's got those good ideals. Uh, he's very liberal and cool and like, but is relatable. Like, like working class people like him because yeah. he is working class, but also he's, he kind of has in the Bill like really kind ideas. Huh? Kind of in the Bill Clinton-y kind of way. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fair enough. But more... I don't know, like his politics. I mean, I, I was very young when Bill Clinton was elected, but like I remember like being excited about Anthony Weiner as a person and okay. it being really disappointing. When he showed his Weiner to everybody. Wait, the Weiner was disappointing or the situation? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'd vote for you if it was one more inch. <laughs> and that's why I was chanting one more inch outside of his apartment. <laughs> Or where's my email? Where's my email? Oh, so good. But Wiener did all that as he was married, which is probably one of the, like, I mean, do you think? Well, he has a sex addiction. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the whole thing. Like, he has a sex addiction. Like, it is notable that he is so addicted that he's unable to control it. So, like, that's a problem. Like, I wouldn't have a problem with him being elected if someone was like, hey, like, he sent me a picture of his dick. We were having a sexy convo and he sent me a picture of his dick. Yeah. His wife, like, I don't, record, I don't actually, care. I think most of the time, I don't, I don't know about all the different strands of the conversations, but he was flirting with women as he was sending these pictures. He wasn't just like randomly selecting girls. No, and totally. To I mean, but like it did get problematic where like. Yeah. It turned out the last one that he got in the most trouble for was underage. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's, yeah. that's inexcusable. Also his wife being so. I, I always wonder with the wives because I think that like I'm sure at least more than once these wives of these men who are sex addicts or are perceived as sex addicts know about what's happening and are part of it. And it's like just part of their lives. And it's not actually an insidious thing like mm. they have maybe an arrangement or an open marriage or something like it's kind of crazy being a political couple and I really think that with Hillary Clinton, like her whole thing is being a public servant. And I think that her marriage and everything, like 
it matters so much less to her than being a public servant. Mm. Even though I do, I do think that her marriage is legit, but also like people giving her grief over not leaving her husband. That's garbage. Yeah. It's all garbage. But clearly Anthony Weiner's wife was unhappy with that and is like a brilliant politician who was outed and uh, humiliated. She was a, um, I, can't, what, 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 I can't remember her name. Is it Hillary Clinton? No. Hillary. <laughs> it's a weird name. Anthony Weiner's wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Huma. Huma. Um, she was Hillary Clinton's um, described as like a first in um, command. Like. She was absolutely and a very important political player in her own right, but she got so tied up and embroiled with Anthony Weiner's um, sexcapades that whenever it kept on escalating with him, she, she actually had to stand down. Like she yeah. was meant to be essentially one of the top people in the, in the Clinton campaign. But when it came out that um, Weiner was involved with an underage person and the FBI, actually, Richie, do you remember just before the, the, the votes in October, 2016, when uh, James Comey, the FBI director came out and said that he had found new emails that they had to investigate about the Hillary yeah. investigation. Yeah. yeah. That was because that they seized Huma's laptop while they were investigating Anthony Weiner's sex capades with an underage uh. person. And they found emails that may have been related. Like they, like because they were emails that came from the, the server that was in question. Yeah. They had to say that, oh, this is why we have to reopen that thing. Not that they had to say it, but they chose to say it. Wow. And yeah, it was basically all down to him being a stupid motherfucker and doing all this that they had to seize the laptop and do it. Because also oh, like, the, I mean, women, women, especially in the United States, like it's, it's much less of a socially matriarchal culture than Ireland is. And we've never had a female president. We've never had a female vice president. And there's a reason for that. Sure. And women have to, you know, you get married to another lawyer and you're like, we're a political couple. And like, whom I'm sure would would have wanted to be president or like they like Hillary and Huma are the talented partners behind this whole thing, but they didn't get, they don't get that. And it's so frustrating because any of Bill Clinton's genius, I think is probably Hillary Clinton's. She's clearly smarter than him. Like when you see, <laughs> you see them. He said a lot of stupid things on the campaign that would make me definitely believe that. Yeah. But and Anthony Weiner is just like. saxophone. So, you know. That's ever, true. Have you ever heard Hillary Clinton play saxophone? Fuck, no, you're actually, right. right. Well, and Lisa go. Simpson is a very smart character. And like, <laughs> obviously smart people play saxophone. But like fucking Anthony Weiner is like, oh, no, sorry. I'll never do it again. Oh, I gotta do it. <laughs> it's just like a woman. A woman never My like women is like, right there. I mean, it's it sucks because like there's. I mean, but really, men are just a prison of their own privilege because they're like, I've gotten away with this for so long. I mean, I'm being sarcastic. Like fuck him. Like he shouldn't have done that. <laughs> and it all sucks. And poor Huma, mm. who had to stay with her husband because she believed in like a greater good. You know, like she yeah. didn't want to distract from everything. And the number of women who have been put through that thing is crazy. And the amount of work that like different wives put into their husbands is crazy. And in conclusion, that's what I'm love. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everyone. <laughs> you've you happy Valentine's Day. 
hope it's a good night full of love Ricky, and if I, hope for the future. <laughs> I might be coming to London to do some things. Could I could I meet you if we went to uh, London? Uh, went to- <laughs> we're all out of time here, folks. Uh, the theme music's That's playing. Right. It's playing pretty loud. I couldn't hear what you were saying. Skype calls break. No, of course we can hang out. Cool. I wonder what you look like. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we will actually wrap it up there. So that is what I'm love. <laughs> Men are dicks. I'm not saying they're dicks. Like everybody's a victim of the patriarchy. The patriarchy is a bunch of dicks. Yeah. Yeah, almost by definition. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. Cool. Um, okay, we normally close out with a segment called What I'm Keeping a Sane. And it's where we talk about something that's kind of non-political to try and keep us happy at the end of the podcast. Because usually mm. they do end like this where we go, oh God, everything is fucked. What's you know, going on? No, they, don't, they don't always end up with us questioning the very concept of love. <laughs> <laughs> that's the peak. I think that may be the peak. Um. Yeah, Steve, what's keeping you sane? I don't, did I talk about the Nintendo Switch that I bought? The Nintendo? No. Playing Mario? Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Um, you, you talked about it before, but you bought one. And holy yeah. crap, just playing Mario is so much fun. It is like, these dudes have put so much effort and time into developing this open world where you have Mario running around making funny noises and throwing his hat. It is just, it is incredibly fun. And that's all I can say about that. It is I just, do want to get one. Yeah. It, you won't regret it. It's the happiest little device. What you been doing, Richie? Uh, actually, I want to do something different for this while I'm keeping a sane. I wanted to talk about meditation Ooh. and the Headspace app in particular and the concept of mindfulness. So I have been using Headspace and practicing mindfulness for probably about two, three years now. And it kind of it varies depending on how I'm feeling with my own mental health. But I've been having little flares of anxiety kind of spike in the past uh, few weeks. So I've been getting back into it in a big way. And it's one of the single biggest positive influences on my mental health that I can uh-huh. actually like tangibly track. And I want to just big it up because, uh, you know, it's Valentine's Day and the first person you should love is yourself. That's, that's, that's not a masturbation joke. So <laughs> no, I thought it was until you said that. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's just the, the practice of like meditating for 10 minutes a day and practicing mindfulness. It's, it's really good. And if you do experience anxiety and it's something you do want to try out they do a free version of headspace that i can't recommend enough cool Aaron, what have you been doing listening watching reading uh, well in that same way i'm i do really like headspace a lot um, that's my one Aaron. back off <laughs> <laughs> been using it for a couple of years and it's just only i'm allowed to have inner peace <laughs> um i i i oh, the too- said that <laughs> yeah <laughs> um i uh, when I feel anxious and also like just when I'm taking the best care of myself, I'm doing morning pages. What's that? Oh, it's um, it's a concept from this book called The the Artist's Way, which I've never read. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but the concept is great. Um, <laughs> it's something I've done in the past, but like it, it, basically like when you wake up, it's part of a morning routine that on, on my best days, I'm doing morning pages which are which are like three three pages of just like free writing thoughts and you're writing out your um anxieties or you're writing out ideas or whatever and the idea is that you're like expelling all of this kind of noise that you have in your head when you wake up and it allows you to um have a a better more creative day but over over, like that's part of this morning ritual i've been doing that is 
that and meditation and um and then a line of coke <laughs> like like but a, like a, a small a graceful line of coke <laughs> on, on the yeah, just like just, on the just like butter yeah it's an audrey hepburn line of coke it's nice yeah do you want to talk about the new podcast or are you not nearly yeah i'm starting uh my I enjoy doing my love podcast, but right now I'm a lot more interested in people's relationships with themselves. And so I'm starting a new podcast uh, where I talk to people about like their morning rituals and like their coping mechanisms. And <laughs> Thanks, Richie. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. it's going to be very bad. Uh, so <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> Can you please ring Mark Wahlberg and ask him how he deals with life? Yeah, sure. Hooray! <laughs> Ring, 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 ring. <laughs> Not right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, okay, that's pretty much it. You guys know what love is now. <laughs> so it's, it's Valentine's Day. This has been released sometime in the morning. I hope you listen to it before <laughs> the night time. So, hey guys, go out there and figure it out. And you know what? Hey, you know what? You know what? Steve? Richie? I love you. Oh, thanks. Hey, Aaron? I, I don't <laughs> know you that well. <laughs> uh, I feel like I could love you. I feel like we could be friends. And given enough time, maybe platonic friendship, love could grow there. But you know, let's not rush anything. I just wanted to end. It, I, I, I love you too, Richie. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna leave it with a thanks. Aww, I just I'm, leave that for my wife. That's <laughs> no. Okay, just in case she does listen, uh, I love you too, Patricia. Okay. Yeah, I love you. <laughs> I'm also very fun. I really feel like you could grow to love me like in 24 hours. Really? Jesus. I mean, I, <laughs> I, mean, I guess not. <laughs> Meow. Um, <laughs> that's that pretty much sums up the, the tone of this episode, guys. So let's just close it quite a bit. I want a perfect po- point to end, and we love all of you. Uh, uh, see you, Richie. Bye. <laughs> this has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network.